Episode 21 of The Transport, Keanu Reeves was cuter than you. The Transport by Alex Ames You are listening to The Transport, a sci-fi military action thriller audiobook podcast written and performed by Alex Ames. The music throughout the podcast is the song The Last True Boss by Kumiku, available on the freemusicarchive.org. Chapter 75 Leo The anticipated explosion did not happen. Instead of ringing ears, fireball and pressure wave, there was a loud bang from the office and a bit of smoke that puffed harmlessly from the office door into the long corridor. Rack was the only uttering that Eva's humanizer translated from the electronic evaluation of the situation into the real world. That was all? Leo asked. Get your weapon ready, she answered instead. They crouched inside an office near the elevator bank on each side of the door so that they could overlook both directions. The bang had been loud. Someone from the opposition may have heard it downstairs and might come up to investigate. But nothing happened. They waited for ten minutes, checking the corridor and the staircase, not talking. Then Eva nodded. We are good. Let's see. Leo put his gun behind his back and followed Eva towards the test site. The office had a blackened wall, the furniture was deranged and a lot of paper lay strewn across the floor. The remaining smoke was not too heavy and cleared from the blown out window quickly. She looked at the table where Leo had activated the container. The table was totaled, the top torn into wooden and plastic shreds, but the damage was far from spectacular. Not the result you hoped for, Leo stated. I miscalculated. Your atmosphere is much more sluggish than anticipated, Eva stared at the table. Something you can fix? Yes, maybe, I think so. Your fuzzy logic is impeachable. Leo said. Problem is time. I need to start from scratch. We have about an hour until twilight arrives. I'm pretty sure the Sclones plan to be ready before and I'll need time to recalculate and remix. And what keeps you? Settle up. She looked at him, no easy smile on her face. You are very optimistic. I have full trust in your abilities. Is there anyone else on this planet who is able to turn... Biobacteria feeding ingredients into a weapon of mass destruction? She gave a small smile. You forgot that we promised our allies out there to be ready by now. And they will get nervous and we can't get a word out to them. Can't we use Morse code, use the light of one of the offices to send over a message? You forgot that the buildings with the other lights facing the spaceship. Our activity will be seen by the guards on the transporter and then we'll be hunted. All right, 
Let's hope the two of us make a good impression so that they won't get nervous and start something silly while we are still in here, Leo said. Back to the ranch, Eva decided. Chapter 76 Sina We need to give Leo and Eva additional time to ensure the suckers don't take off prematurely, Charles said once again, as if to conjure some sort of insight by sheer repetition. We are still blind, Sina stated. More or less, Charles confirmed, even from here we can only see that the hatch is open, but we don't know how many of these parts were already transported from the basement into the ship. The canopy makes a count impossible. The canopy has to go? Everything has to go, Charles said. I wish we've had a transformer like Bumblebee cleaning up the mess with an iron fist and a happy rock and roll song on the radio. Any idea? Anything? The group was silent for a moment. Cena suddenly grew a serene face and smiled wickedly. We might miss out on Bumblebee, but we have something yellow. Cena helped Charles with setting up a tactical sandbox for the planning session, two meeting room tables pushed together and a heap of office material. Cena's idea gave them the starting point for their angle of attack. The rest was pure, one step before the other approach. Charles sketched the Legion analytics campots onto the tabletops with a black marker. After about 10 minutes, the team had developed a halfway sensible approach. One that doesn't get us killed within the first three minutes, Max said with his usual pessimism. All right, we don't know when we are going to attack. We give ourselves until 4.30 or until we get the signal from Eva. Whatever comes first. Charles looked into the round of the small remaining group of soldiers. No one commented. Two objectives. Stop them from loading and give Eva enough time to do her thing. That's the plan. Charles laid out the scenery with some office materials and summarized the discussed approach. Two lines of attack. First, Garner and Whittaker, you move to the back of the building. A frontside attack should generate plenty of noise and chaos. As soon as you hear the transport team start up the cover fire, you enter the building from the same direction that we have used previously to sneak in and out. Your mission is to take care of the roof guards. Morales was confident that you would find a solution. Use the riot gun's scatter ammunition to trigger the rigged rooftop explosives and make your approach. It's three or four amateurs on the roof against two professionals. He gave them a quick look and both green berets nodded confirmation. Sina said, Remember, there are still two friendlies in the building. Leo and Eva, no shoot first, please. Good point. Charles moved one yellow posted block on the layout. Idly, Sina's diversion brings us right in front of the building entrance, so we are effectively blocking the slugs from moving another life pot into the ship. Gaining time or blocking it for good. As if we will be that lucky, Mac complained. We'll be sitting ducks instead. Charles ignored him. 
depending on the opposition, we either enter the building through the front or we fall back onto the MMTU under cover of the starship and slug it out mano a mano from there. Whoever achieves its objective first receives a round of beer afterwards. He looked at his group. Any questions? There are guards on the transporter too, Mac pointed at the piece of paper that marked the MMTU. They might squeeze us between building and transport. Charles nodded. In that case, we attempt to fall back into the ship. That made everyone pause for a moment. You must be kidding, Mac uttered. We know it's bulletproof that counts for something in my book, Charles said. Whitaker and Garner need a round four minutes from the back door to the roof, blow up the exit, engage the guards, secure the staircase. Four minutes where we will draw intensive fire from above. We need some sort of additional cover during that time. Mac continued to argue. Underneath the MMTUs will be safe from roof shots, but inside the starship we'll be fighting in, pardon the punch, total alien territory. Mac is right. There could be whatever waiting for us, Cena agreed. Alien cats hungry for human mice, killer robots without Eva's perfect hairdo, the slug's equivalent of a flu virus that turns our eyes into liquid jelly. You should stop reading sci-fi horror novels, Charles grunted. The building is our first option. The ship is our second fallback point, period, he repeated his command, giving Mac and Cena stares. Charles looked at the pathetically small team. And remember, we still have Eva on our side. Her explosives will help us. Cena could sense that something was cooking inside the man, but he wasn't telling. Come on, it's a good plan, Charles moved to lame pep talk. Two birds with one stone. Eva gets her distraction and we bring ourselves into position for a decisive battle. Not a good choice of words, Max said. We might be the birds. Chapter 77 Leo Eva repeated the procedure in the lab, mixing chemical ingredients, cooking stuff, burning stuff. Her herky-jerky high-speed actions made Leo motion sick just from looking. Suddenly she abruptly stopped, not moving a finger. Leo glanced her way when he missed hearing her tinkering and saw her rooted to the spot in front of the lab table. He groaned. Oh, not again, please, not again! He jumped by her side to steady her with both of her hands, but felt her counter-movement against his touch. She was not deactivated after all. Oh, girl, you had me worried. I'm all right, she stated. It's sweet you worry. But still, she didn't move. What is going on? I am all right, she repeated. No movement except for her lips. Leo's eyes fell on the three large Erlenmeyers full of the transparent liquid she had produced. What keeps us from testing? Let's blow something up. In a minute. I need to verify everything. This is our last chance. 
Leo waited impatiently for a few minutes more, watching Eva staring at the flute. Finally, Eva said, I believe this time it will work. I can't believe that you do not believe in yourself, Leo said. Life is complicated for us, cyborgs. Hi, Alex Ames here. Sorry for the little interruption. This story will continue momentarily. If you like a good thriller, check out my 2020 novel COVID Trouble. COVID Trouble is a novel in my ongoing troubleshooter series featuring the corporate troubleshooter Paul Trouble. COVID Trouble takes place in Paris, France after the first lockdown of 2020, just when life seems to normalize again during the worldwide life-threatening pandemic and France is getting ready for some well-earned summer vacations. Someone is poisoning supermarkets with the virus. Is it a lunatic? Is it a terrorist act? Paul Trouble will find out. A lot of bullets will fly. There are car chases, gunfights, rooms full of dead people, deadly fire traps and many, many, many ways to die. COVID Trouble is available as ebook at most online retailers and as paperback at Amazon and some other e-tailers. Check it out, it's a ride. It's inspired by the current events of that crazy, crazy year 2020. COVID Trouble is the name, Alex Ames, the author. That being said, buy the book. And now, let's jump back into the transport. Chapter 78 Charles The boom of an explosion rolled through the quiet night and smoke rose from the side of the Legion Analytics building. End game. Charles smiled grimly and checked the time. 4.20. He walked down from the roof behind the office building they had made their temporary forwarding operations base and found Cena and Mac working on their plan. Whittaker and Garner were rechecking their gear and looked ready. The lady delivered. It happened three minutes ago. There was a bomb going off next door, Charles said. The backside of the building muted all sounds coming over from the Legion Analytics campus. Now that Eva and Leo are going through with their plan within the next half hour, we need to get our own plan into motion. Is Bumblebee ready? Sina nodded. We got ourselves as many tabletops as possible from various meeting rooms and used them to reinforce everything. It will not hold off a 50mm projectile, but we should be sheltered from regular ammunition during the attack phase. That's all we need, Charles reassured her and turned to the two green berets. This is it. Get going. You hear the commotion when we start our attack and make our move. Groove is crucial and it's yours. Whittaker nodded. With Lieutenant Morales out of the picture, he was a senior soldier. Break a leg, sir, he said. Same to you, Charles gave back. A final nod, and the two men jogged away into the dark of the late night.
Chapter 79 Leo The explosion rocked the old building. A flash of enormous intensity shone from the office tract. The boom was deafening and a huge dust and fire cloud raced towards them. Two centiliter double layered latex four minutes fifty, Eva stated with a happy, girlish look on her face. Not too shabby, Leo agreed and popped his ears by swallowing several times with his open mouth. With the prepared eight layers of latex, we will have a timer of, let's say, twenty to thirty minutes, she calculated. Your math sounds dubious, but who am I to say, Leo remarked. Best we can do, she frowned. I hope we did not bring the alien army on top of us. Eva looked down the corridor towards the elevator bank and went to the next fire extinguisher cabinet that was well stocked. She passed Leo a powerful emergency battery light and got herself the foam extinguisher. Into the dust cloud they went. The result was spectacular. The office room was almost completely wiped clean, all furniture destroyed, unrecognizable. A four-feet hole gaped to the outside, the thick brick wall blown outwards. The interior walls showed severe damage and looked as if they could be torn down with a mere pressing of a fingertip. Jesus, and how much of this stuff did you make? More than five liters. Don't go metric on me, that's what? 169 fluid ounces. And you only used a quarter ounce for the test? Leo calculated in his head. Sheesh, girl, what did you brew up? Enough explosives for us clones. Hang on, I thought you wanted to level the building. Look at the time, it's past four o'clock. The converts have been loading for the last three hours. There are more clones on board by now than in the building, Eva explained. First the lab, then the ship. I told you before, you are crazy. I can't be crazy. That is a chemical process in your body that causes... Anyway, I'll make a break for it. With the element of surprise and a lot of shooting and some protective gear, I should be able to make it inside the ship. Cool. We'll time it so that you place part of the explosive downstairs. One of us will succeed. And... We all die. You hide downstairs, place the bomb, drop the five-minute timer and get the hell out of Dodge. Take cover in the utility building on the southern side. You should be safe from the crumbling building. And you? I needed diversion to get into their midst while the loading hatch of the spaceship is still open. I'll make it inside even with some bullets inside of me. Hang on, I don't like the sound of this. Bullets inside of you? What happens after that heroic stance of our beautiful leading lady? I will blow myself up. Leo stared at her. I will blow myself up, she said. Repeating it doesn't make your idea any better. I blow myself up. You are the closest thing I've had for a girlfriend for a long time. Blowing up is not what I want to hear. I would like to know you better. She cocked her head. I am a machine. You are in love with my cover identity. You are so modest. I am in love with your sexy looks and I trade in the absence of a heartbeat. 
And people are in love with their belongings all the time, like 1964 Corvettes or the latest iPhone. Is it appropriate to make another joke? Eva asks with a straight face about blowing things up. No joke is inappropriate when some horror aliens are busy loading up their spacecraft outside. Imagine me to be a radical freedom fighter ready to die for the cause. That should meet some sort of criteria for a romantic tragic ending. Leo massaged the side of his forehead. Ah, romantic indeed, like 1942 in the French resistance before they got thrown into the camps. I find your attitude very sweet, but you know that I have my duty to perform. The cyborg lover fantasy has low priority. You are really a great motivator, Leo muttered. Ah, give me your gear. Chapter 80 Herbert Herbert had positioned himself in the brick part of the lobby. He was able to observe the loading ramp and the lighted sections of the parking lot. For a perimeter of about 100 yards, no one could come close undetected. On the one hand. On the other hand, even a mediocre shooter was able to pick off targets from the sideline of the compound. Darkness was Legion's friend, but that would change soon with sunrise. The canopy they had drawn up at each side of the ramp obscured any curious eyes protecting the loading. Almost finished. Herbert's eyes roamed the parking lot again, and the ramp once again. Linny, with her obscene number of weapons by her side, secured the front side with the loading ramp. The guards on the roof protected the perimeter from above, plus the group on the MMTU itself, all bases covered. After the first attack, the shooting from the compound perimeter had subsided. Their opponents were probably stuck behind the trees outside of the floodlight's reach, somewhere in the neighborhood. Herbert had no idea how many people they were up against. Surely not many, otherwise they would have tried to attack the building with sheer force. What might they be plotting? The explosion and the small fire on the back of the building worried Herbert. But no one dared to investigate as the Supreme Commander had decided to focus on the loading. A wise choice in Herbert's eyes, but the fact that someone acted under their nose within their building was worrisome. Someone had managed to breach the building. And they had explosives, which was tipping the scale of fate a little too much in Herbert's eyes. The Sclone team was mostly equipped with hand weapons, some heavier stuff, some grenades. All weapons selected with a layman in mind who could handle the equipment confidently after a few hours of training. 30 more minutes to start with the reconversions. He glanced at his watch. 4.25. The sky still showed no promise of the new day, but stars would fade soon, the earliest sign of twilight. Chapter 81 Leo They had repurposed a lap pushcart 
to carry about 20 of the small plastic containers that Leo and Eva had prepared with the explosive chemical cocktail. Each of the containers was the size of a small marmalade jar and filled with 20 times the trial amount. Eva had produced the primer flute glove fingers and now placed them carefully on the pushcart too, near the small containers. Two cats with one stone, Eva said with a satisfied smile, looking at her night's work. If the door of the ship is still open when the explosives detonates, we will have mostly dead hosts and probably damage the open door. When the door is already closed, the pressure wave will destroy the live pots and kill the sclones inside. I guess where you come from they don't have birds? Eva looked up from her preparation task. Cats and birds are exclusive inhabitants of your planet. Good to know, but makes sense. Cats need birds to play and pray. You make no sense, Eva said. Leo winked at her. First time he had worked around Eva's logic. The saying only works with birds, creatures of the air, a well-thrown stone hitting first one bird and then the other. Sorry, I misspoke. Let's set our plan in motion. But you have only ten primers, Leo counted. Slower labor than I thought, but ten will do, trust me. One of them goes off, all will go off, no matter where the other containers are placed in the vicinity. Are you good on your agreed sequence? I am. I don't like where this is going, but I accept my role in this. We are saving the world after all. Leo, this is serious. Are you familiar with your tasks? Eva pushed the cart over to him and Leo made a very soft stop, holding his breath. Yes, sir, madam. Leo distributed the, the little flexible fingers beside ten of the containers. I will wait until you distracted the guards in front of the lab. I use the gain time to do my thing and afterwards I get the hell out of Dodge. He looked at Eva. Does my girlfriend approve? She stepped up to him, took one hand and leaned up to him and gave him a gentle kiss on the mouth. Leo's heart and mind and legs were melting. Those lips, that tongue, he knew that she was a machine, but she was so alive and so sexy. His stomach was filled with butterflies and his knees started knocking again. Eva let go of him and his senses slowly returned. I thought about my mistake earlier. Should we get out of here, I'll demonstrate. Demonstrate what? Leo asked, thinking about sex with the cyborg goddess. Two cats with one stone. Leo laughed. No cats should be harmed fighting the aliens. In that case, I will aim for three. They pushed the cart with the explosives through the building, carried it downstairs from lab level into the basement in a staircase on the other side of the building, as far away from the atrium and the sclones converts as possible. Eva had taken a longish shard of mirror glass from one of the restrooms and checked each corner carefully before proceeding. The next to last corner came up where their own corridor led into the basement elevator lobby. Eva's bulletproof vest made her too noisy to move in complete silence, 
so she gave the mirror to Leo, who slipped out of his sneakers and tiptoed his way to the corner. He angled the mirror so that he could get a peek. One guy was standing guard, armed with a sub-nosed machine gun, alerted. Surprise, surprise, Tim McKenzie, his data analytics boss, checking dutifully the elevator lobby, the corridor, and over his shoulder towards the freight elevator. Good attention. No slacker. There was some activity behind his back, deeper in the corridor that led to the alien lab that held the pods. Voices, at least two others. Eva had estimated two to load, one guard on each end. Safe bet. Force clone hosts involved. Four against one. Huh, those poor slimy suckers, Leo smiled to himself. Leo craned his neck to hear what was being said, then he sneaked back to Eva. They are near the end of the loading. Two more tours after this one, he whispered closely into her beautiful ear. They are almost done and overconfident. And guess what? Our boss himself is the lead guard. Well, our former boss. Man, I am so glad. No more data stand-ups. Tim can't shoot, I am sure. Eva whispered back. You never know with an American. Don't forget the crazy ricochets in the narrow passageway, Leo replied cautiously. With Tim's finger at the trigger, the whole Eva plan felt crazier and more dangerous than just ten minutes ago. He longed for another motivational kiss to steer him back on the course. They still had no idea how the life pods were transported, but it had to be something on wheels. And the clones needed a bulk transport capability. A cart, a sack carriage, shopping cart, something similar. Like one of the lab push carts they used. Anything else would be too risky and too inefficient. Eva leaned against the wall and did not move, waiting for the transport group to return. Leo fidgeted and bit on his nails, worrying about everything. The wait was long. Ten minutes, maybe. Like an eternity to Leo. Eventually, the rumble of the freight elevator arrived further down in the building. Then came low voices. Something was pushed along the corridor floor. The pushcart theory seemed to hold up. Eva held up a finger to warn Leo, who needed definitely no warning. Then she picked up her second gun. Some low voices vanished into the lab. They were starting to load the next pot transport. Another five minutes flew by and the only thing Leo could make out was the occasional shuffle of feet. Then the voices from the lab returned. Something was being pushed and reached the corridor. Without further fanfare and with a pistol in each hand, Eva stormed around the corner towards her data analytics boss. For a layman, Tim McKenzie was extremely alert and managed to squeeze off two rounds from his machine pistol. More out of shock and surprise than of guard duty skills. Both bullets were turned wide and smacked into the wall behind Leo. Then Tim's head got hit by Eva's surgical double tap, his dead body stumbled backwards and sunk to the corridor floor. Eva turned the last corner that led towards the lab, the door about 20 yards away, jumping over Tim's dead body. Leo quickly moved after her, peering around the corner, crouching low to catch a glimpse of the action without being shot. Three people inside and a lab pushcart. 
Leo recognized Jay from research, who was the rear guard at the far end of the corridor, scrambling to get his gun to position, his eyes wide. Nicole Boyd, the finance executive that Leo and Eva had followed down to the basement during the first visit yesterday, dove into the cover of the lab, away from the metal cart that she had been pushing. A cart full of life pods, ten or more. Jackpot. Another lady, who had steered the cart, Leo didn't know her name, turned in panic and ran towards Jay, dropping her weapon, sealing her fate. Jay let go of some shots, missing his approaching colleague by inches, totally focused on Eva's kamikaze approach. Amazing to see your asshole co-workers suddenly play Rambo. Leo ducked out of sight as bullets flew around him. Eva ducked behind the pushcart for whatever cover it could give, her own guns firing blazingly fast, two-handedly shooting the other fleeing female transporter in the back. The lady gave a yelp, her hands flew up, her legs gave away and she fell face down, dead. The lab door slammed shut beside Eva, the lock engaged, while Nicole screamed hysterically on the other side. Jay, kill those fuckers, get them, get them! Jay shot two more times from the shelter of the freight elevator niche. Once again going high, the other hitting the pushcart. He stopped shooting, apparently afraid to hit the pods. Her pistol clicked empty. Eva fished for the lost weapon of the dead lady, a Mac-10 machine pistol, and started to fire quick bursts on fully automatic, bullets disintegrating the plaster from the wall near the elevator, forcing Jay to stay out of sight. Pushing him deeper into the elevator cage, ricochets buzzing like angry hornets, smacking into metal left and right. Another series of shots, and Jay saw no other way out than to reach upwards to pull down the cord that closed the horizontal doors, one half going up, the other coming down, meeting in the middle. Shoot, that had not been the plan, Leo thought from his viewpoint. Reinforcements were not welcome, time was running. Eva jumped as fast as a cat, she couldn't let Jay get away. Three, four long steps, the Mac-10 outstretched, the elevator gate's horizontal slit almost shut. She stuck the sub-nose barrel of a machine pistol between the rubber isolation of the door and emptied the rest of the magazine into the elevator cage, varying the angle, no idea if any of the bullets found its mark, while the cage inside started to move up. Leo, quick, we will get company soon, she called as she walked back to the lab door, where the pushcart waited patiently, the occupants oblivious of the surrounding action. Eva stood before the lab door and tried the handle, locked. Leo was already on his way back with his own pushcart when a series of muffled shots rang out and Eva's body jerked and fell to the side. Leo jumped back behind his cart for cover and shouted over, Eva, are you all right? She lay on the floor, covered by the wall from further bullets, and self-checked herself. She could not find any bullet damage on her skin. My vest took the bullets, came back the reassuring answer. Are they dead? Tim and the other lady, yes. The other guard escaped in the elevator. One lady in the lab. We must get into the lab, Eva said. Bring me the gun of your boss, please. Leo checked the jacket pockets of 
begged Tim, avoiding the pool of blood, and patted him down without looking too closely. Then Leo retrieved the Mac-10 and slid gun and the two replacement magazines over the smooth floor to Eva. Eva reloaded the MP and waved Leo over. She pointed at his pistol, a deadly-looking Glock 9mm. If someone shows, shoot. Use the handle of the car to steady your aim. And you? Shutting up this lady, Eva said. The stream of four-letter words from the opposite side of the door did not stop. You bitch, I'll get you. We will hit you so hard you wish you were never born. You shithead. Eva kneeled beside the door, stretched out the hand with the machine pistol and pointed at its lowest of the existing bullet holes in the door. She listened for a few seconds to get a better idea of Nicole's location and then pressed the trigger for a three-bullet burst. The lady stopped swearing and started screaming in pain. Eva made a face, pointed slightly downwards and let go of another burst. The noise from the inside of the lab changed from a wail to hurtful whining. Then Nicole emptied her own gun once more at the door. Bullet holes punched new holes into the metal, smacking into the opposite wall. Eva stood safely by the side of the doorframe, waited until her opponent's gun clicked empty. She shot the lock once, kicked open the lab door, and the rest of her machine pistol bullets smashed into Nicole. She jerked, then lay still. The clinking of ammunition shells falling to the concrete floor stopped, and Leo's ears rang from the brief firefight. Three dead, one escaped. All clear, she called out to Leo. Hurry up! Eva pushed the life pot transport card into the lab, while Leo came behind her with his own card, carrying the explosives. They put both cards side by side and Leo got going, while Eva guarded the corridor from the doorway, giving instructions. Two buttons on the top, press both simultaneously, the lid will open up. Leo tried with the pot next to him. The lid popped up with a solid thump. Easy as pie. Go, Leo, don't marvel at your superior skills. Open one, prime the charge, place the charge, and close the pot again. Tune down your sarcasm, cyber girl. Leo decided to go with three pots at a time. This would speed things up. The next two life pot containers' tops were easily opened. Thump, thump. Leo attempted to keep his distance from the milky fluid and its horror inhabitants. Occasionally a curious tentacle tipped the surface from below. He opened three explosive containers with a twist of the black caps and gently glided in a timer finger, screwing it shut, dropping it carefully into the life pot container fluid. He held his breath. No explosion. Leo said from the doorway, 30 minutes from now, approximately. Approximately, Leo doubted the exactness of a latex acid mechanism. Don't be pessimistic, close the containers, reconnect and go on. He closed the life pots again, fumbled with the connectors. The next three containers, repeat. Don't stop, speed up, Eva said from her doorframe when she felt he was slowing down. Reinforcements will come soon, it's too quiet. Chapter 82 Herbert 
There were low, crackling noises from inside the building. Shots. A few moments later, Jay came running from the freight elevator out of breath. We are under attack. A girl. Jenny and Tim are dead. Nicole is either dead or holding the lab. What do you mean attacked? And she managed to kill two of you? Just like that? Alone? She was totally fearless, suddenly appearing in the fine of the basement corridor and started shooting. Tim and Jenny stood no chance. When I returned fire, I was pretty sure that I hit her various times, but she simply couldn't be stopped. She drove me into the elevator and then continued firing when I was moving up. A maniac. Herbert's eyes felt heavy. Another snag in the long day full of challenges. Brunette, petite, perfect hair, leather jacket. Jay nodded. Eva, the new hire from this morning. She had asked a strange question about our front parking lot. Who is she? Definitely not a data engineer. Herb, what do we do? Jay asked. Herbert snapped out of his misery. All right, get Colin and Linny from the ramp for our support. And Linny's toys. We need to get the rest of the pots up here. Let's shoot our way into the lab if needed. Jay hurried down the atrium hall towards the ramp, kept his head down and was back with the two requested Legion converts. I brought two of my little friends. Linny beamed and proudly held two fragmentation grenades, a riot shotgun and a Mac-10 machine pistol strapped over her shoulder, left and right. Watch the YouTube video about the effect in closed rooms last night on a thawed raw chicken. Minced meat, I tell you, minced meat. Oh, makes me hungry just to think about it. For her, an attack sounded like a trip to the Whole Foods market. Luckily, she didn't say horny, Herbert thought. Remember, we still have over 20 pots down there, no grenades. Just in case, Linny batted her lashes at him. Not in case, Herbert tried to calm her down. He feared lethal retaliation from his this mad woman, even if she belonged to the community. Linny and Colin, you take the staircase in the middle of the building, treat carefully, take them from behind. No warning, no nothing, just kill any opposition outright. Use your grenade toy as long as it's not in the vicinity of the lab. Jay and I will take the stairs beside the freight elevator. We'll box them in. And? Linny asked. If we can't kill them outright, we'll tell them to give up. Think that's going to work? I'll come up with an alternative as we go along. Linny didn't look convinced. She nodded at Colin and they went towards the elevator bank. Linny playfully throwing one of her grenades up and down as she walked. Chapter 83 Sina Sina sat behind the steering wheel of the school bus, adjusting the seat, checking the dashboard. Have you ever done this kind of attack? Charles started to ask, but did not finish his sentence when he saw Sina's look. My plan, my bus. Plus, I'm probably the only person certified to move that monster. Uncle Sam had trained her on everything that ran on four or more wheels. 
Your friend, the local sheriff, will be pleased that we comply with Department of Traffic regulations. Too late for making friends, I guess. I bet you loved the movie Speed, Charles said, checking his arsenal of weapons for the fifth time. Green Beret, Sergeant Garner, had given him a quick crash course of every item. Most of them were easy to use, point and kill. He just needed to remember where the safety switch was located and how to reload. Keanu Reeves was cuter than you, Sina gave back. I'm offended, he checked his watch. Let's hope our green-capped colleagues come in full force on this. The two remaining Green Berets positioned themselves in the back of the bus, also readying their weapons. Mac crouched beside Charles. The team had taken various tabletops from the office floor to bolster up the flimsy protection of the bus. A few precious test shots had verified that the construction offered adequate cover. Thumbs up were exchanged and Charles whirled his finger at Sina. I find it sexist that I'm the only one who is designated to drive a bus with a stick shift, Sina shouted and started the motor. Let's put it that way, Charles replied. You admitted that you are the one least able to shoot. You should see Mac on the range. Ladies first, isn't it? Suddenly they become gentlemen. Sina gave a strained smile and put in the first gear. The motor revved up. She looked back expectantly at Charles. He checked the time. Exactly 29 minutes after the explosion. As she goes, Sergeant, Charles shouted over to her. The clock must have hit 30 minutes. Some shots flared up from the side of the Legion compound. Caspar and Ludovic started their diversion. Godspeed, Sina muttered, and let go of the clutch. This is it for this week's edition of The Transport, the sci-fi action thriller written and performed by Alex Ames. If you liked what you just heard, leave a comment in whatever platform you downloaded or listened to the podcast. If there are stars, star me, help me spread the good. And again, my shameless self-promoting plug, if you liked it so far and can't bear the suspense, buy the book. If you can bear the suspense, buy the book. And that's it, for real. Wherever you are, whoever you are, thank you, take care, I hear you next time. This is Alex Ames, this was The Transport, over and out. <laughs>